0: Hello, You Found Rebirth, a podcast about women saving lives by living their own. I'm the creator, Kate Bretman, and I have been fascinated with people's stories since I was very little, both as a writer and as a health practitioner. Hearing others' stories offers us perspectives on our own. We are unique, and yet we are not alone. Today we have part two on a magic. I call them the magic in the mundane episodes. Episodes where I pull from life and share resources or inspiration to help to help you facilitate your own rebirth, right? We're always growing and changing. The first episode our part one on fear and focus, I will admit. In the beginning, it's almost like how I, when I used to teach in high school, there was a lot of groundwork being laid in the thought process. So stick with the first few minutes of part one, if you haven't been there yet, so that you can really ground into what we're talking about, about when the idea shows up and the two different types of fear. Although I will do a little recap in the beginning of this episode. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoy rebirth, help support our stories by liking and subscribing wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. Um, You can even hop onto our anchor homepage, easily found at capebratton.com, and become a rebirth supporter. If you are looking to step out of line and into the spiral of life, moving out of the expected and into your true brilliance, reach out, join our newsletter, and check out our digital courses. At KateBreton.com, thank you so much for being here. Hey everyone, let's dive right in. So, last week we talked about the division, the division of fear, or why you would want to learn inside of yourself if the fearful feeling that's arising is one that is one one that is trying to hold you tightly back and keep you small or the inevitable fear that arises when we as described in Moore's book is urah and it is being expanded with more energy than previously known and being in the presence of the divine so that's what inspiration is, right? Elizabeth Gilbert in um, her book talked about how a poem comes through, you know, and, and if you don't grasp it, it will find someone else to write it. So there's this idea of interconnectedness and, and, and um, specificity. So we could say, well, why why would I do something so so and so has already done it? That's comparison, right? Well, that would be, this, that would be like the next trip gate to keep you small think what is finally happening because you're hearing it in so many places is an inspiration an idea like in the book an idea that follows you and is asking for you to feed it and give it its attention it's yours it is as much your job to birth the inspiration as it is for it's as necessary for you to birth the inspiration as it is for you to go on the journey to becoming the person that can birth the inspiration so many times the biggest things that we create start with one idea and as we fully commit and engage it blossoms a lot of us know this and and then when the next thing happens that is undefinable we 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 can momentarily forget like, oh right, that's how this human thing works. So comparison, we've heard possibly that comparison kills creativity and creativity is a form of inspiration, right? So why would comparison be so dastardly is that if you look outside of yourself and say, well, this has already been created, but you are not the one fulfilling your inspiration, then it doesn't matter. Because perhaps what you think you're starting is the same thing, but in the process of you birthing it, either the content will be different, you will be different, or the people that will find that content, because you were the creator, will be different. And that doesn't, by the way, sidebar, does not necessitate success externally. It might be something you need to do to move on to the thing that you really wanna do. So that's by comparison. Comparison just bogs us down. It's not even like a valiant reason. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm really talking to myself when I say that. It's not really a valiant reason not to do something if it's one of those close held things that you know you need to do. And so when I was thinking about the pole opposite meaning like the polarity of comparison i was i was coming up with compassion because whether you're turning outwards to compare why you shouldn't be doing something or you decide to you know meet yourself and go forward you may may turn inward for some reflection and hit that metal door of shame that will send you to like who are you to think you can do this or then you should already know how to do this or so-and-so is already doing this or this will never work. And it's like, if you don't go outside, the vo- the voice that wants to stop you, will, if, if going outside doesn't stop you, then the inner critic will just rip you to shreds, right? So you can battle them sometimes, the inner critic and the, and the inner voice. um, But softening gives them no place to stick. And so, compassion for yourself and saying, yeah, maybe I should have already known how to do this, or compassion and, you know, going, okay, yeah, someone else with a bigger budget did it. But what am I here to do? I mean, that really, that question really silences everything else, doesn't it? Why am I here? What, what is my next moment of significance? Am I on a trajectory? Do I have a focus? And if I don't have a focus, which honestly sometimes is, is the right place to be, do I know that I'm unfocused? You know, am I not lighting fires to my life that are unnecessary? Our guest on this podcast is, is my snoozing dog. So, you know, when the idea comes, whether it's something that we're creating or a new way of being, and it asks for our attention and to be fed and to be nourished, implicitly, we, we need to be nourishing ourselves and having the compassion to soften the edges so that we can actually drop a little bit deeper inside into stillness. It's very hard. I don't know if I've ever Yeah, I don't know if you really could coexist at the same time. I mean you could sit down to meditate and feel fear. You you it it I know people, clients that it, it has stopped them from even being able to continue until they learn different, um practices and realize that you don't have to sit still always to do meditation but uh, you know if there has been a lot of um things that you're doing to occupy yourself away from what needs to be heard then when you close your eyes you might hear an onslaught of things so fear would be all over that right judgment and fear and all that kind of stuff but when you are able to hit stillness capital s that expansive peace that place that when you find it it's just it's horizontal and vertical at the same time it's pres- it's precision of presence fear's not there or the opposite which is just as accurate everything is there but it's stillness And that is why um, you see so many people talk about maintaining yourself in different categories, meaning physically and emotionally and your diet and your health, because you got to keep clearing the counter to give you a shot at getting to the stillness. Yeah? If we're always so busy, then when we close our eyes and try to meditate, the first thing we're going to feel and see is the busyness I mean it just kind of makes sense it's us, we don't we're not like a we're not a machine, my friend. we are not a machine. thank goodness we are wildly unpredictable and deeply interconnected, which is why the birthing and the courage of rebirthing ourselves and our passions is so deeply needed because because when we do it when when one person does it it actually feeds the entire interconnectedness of life really and and allows that it's like a pulse and if you do it for yourself you kind of pulse that out and make it more available for someone else so to the stillness The more stillness you create personally, the more stillness there will be. The more stillness you create in your life, the less fearful you are of the visitors of emotion that come because you're clearing the counter. And the more clean and clear your mental space is, the less, well, or actually, the more, you know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. If I'm in a good place, you know, I've kind of been able to like get some time to myself and like maintain, you know, a, a, a ritualized discipline of either, you know, specific meditation or inspiration and definitely a morning practice, no matter how small I always attend to the morning and set my mind in the right way and light a candle and, and, and greet the day. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> If that's running for me, that mechanism is like running and I've maintained that, then when I get that wildly atrocious idea that is horrendous to me, you know, a really mean self-criticism, I can be like, whoa, where did this come from? I'm like, I'm like drinking my morning coffee and all of a sudden this like avalanche of doubt just rolled into the, onto the kitchen table and I wasn't even doing anything. Nothing different than I'd done the last five days. We might want to pin that for another uh, podcast, what that is or what we talking about how that is not uncommon and how that's why it can be even more destabilizing when it happens. If we don't know that sometimes when we do create an environment of stillness within, then it gives some space for that, which has been left unattended to arise. But yeah when we so when we are establishing those places of in ourselves of stillness and we have a practice whatever that means gardening walking meditating praying something that is soul nourishing then when the inevitable fall off track happens and the fear arises and the desire to compare and annihilate the beauty of the unique inspiration that is you We can go, oh, right, yeah, no, that's not me. I mean, it could take you 24 hours. It could take you a week. It could take you a month. You know what, friend? Sometimes it could take you a year, but you'll find your way back. So if you're sitting going, Kate, wait, what? It's like, so listen, if you're sitting here thinking things will never get better, I'm telling you right now, they will and the guarantee of that the first blessed guarantee of that is your belief in it and in yourself that anchor of focus will guide you everywhere it will give you the leisure to start to investigate your emotions, differentiate between the different types of fear, understand when comparison is healthful competition and when it is poisonous to the precious inspiration that has landed, that little idea that has arrived at your doorstep, waiting to be fed and nourished and knows that you, this intricate individual that is deeply needed in the interconnection of life, will acknowledge and be able to identify that what has arrived is precious, and potent for your own expansion. When the animals come to us asking for our help, will we know what they are saying? When the plants speak to us in their delicate, beautiful language, will we be able to answer them? When the planet herself sings to us in our dreams, will we be able to wake ourselves an act. Poem by Gary Lawless. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Rebirth. Oh, I wanted to ask you, did you sign up for our newsletter? If not, hop on over to capebreton.com. We send bi-monthly newsletter to keep you smiling and we offer goodies to the community. See you back here next week for a new episode of Rebirth.